Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jordi Mueller, and we are in the Empowerment Series event from February.、Uh, it was how to read your tax return, although I'm pretty sure it transformed into how to understand your tax return instead of reading it.、Uh, we are very lucky to have today、uh, Lysandra.、Uh, Lysandra Everett has a very interesting background. She, if you go to her website, you'll find a lot of resources that are not only for taxes, but like I found very surprisingly. Of everything, like how to take advantage of like Uber and l i v e tax deductions, which is like a little interesting thing that I found. You will see her YouTube videos、uh, and, and get to know her character a little bit. But first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. How was it? How was your event today? The event was absolutely awesome. We had a great time just having a conversation about taxes. So, as exciting as that sounds, it has been a very interesting year to think about taxes, especially after last year's new tax law change. Changes. Yeah. So I know we are definitely going to talk about the new stuff on the tax code that everybody should be aware, especially if they have businesses or、so、they are for the first time filing on themselves instead of hiring somebody else.、Mm-hmm. But would you mind starting to talk maybe about some of the biggest misconceptions? Of the tax code as it was before. Like, for example, what does married jointly filing mean? s Okay. So, you know, we have the different filing statuses, and, but one of them, married filing jointly, is really more than just married filing jointly, but what the, the meaning behind it. Meaning that you as a couple are responsible for any tax liability both jointly and severably, which means that if one can't pay it, the other is responsible for it. So that's what married filing jointly, even though you file that way because you are a married couple and you can take advantage of tax credits and things that you would not get married filing separately, but also understanding that. Yes, as a married couple, you are both responsible for the tax liability, even if it's incurred by one person. How often did you see this to not be a thought process on people that you talk to? I get that a lot, and I find it when it happens in one year,、uh, one spouse is upset because their tax refund may have gone to another tax liability for their spouse. And then the next year, they want to file separately because they don't want to deal with that. But there are other ways around that. So,、um, so just people just need to understand that as a married couple, you are both responsible. So it's important for both spouses to know what's On the tax return, what's in it, what makes it up to understand how the numbers are, what they are. And I would like to second what you're saying because even in the finance world and we're in wealth management, we definitely see one of the two people in a household more involved in even from like the basic bookkeeping to knowing their finances and investments to now it's tax filing. So I, I second that thought process of both people need to be involved is usually better. Yes. And I usually have that when I do my reviews and most of my tax、uh, preparation. Is done virtually, so I'm asking for both people to show up because I at least want to see your face and make sure that you are at least somewhat aware of what's going on in this tax return. Ah,、oh, so, so let's jump right into it.、Um, uh, we, we definitely we pass around some materials today, which were useful, I guess, for people that attended, and we will make this available online for anybody listening to this.、Um, but let's just get to it.、Uh, I know one of the big things、uh, in this tax return is item as deductions are going away, and some new things. Are being added. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit at high level what that is. Yeah, so you know, with the, with the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, that's the actual name for the tax reform. What happened with that is that they doubled the standard deduction and then a lot of the itemized deductions went away. And it was in an attempt to make things easier for filing, right? 
but um, but a lot of the things that they took away, people are not really happy about. So <laughs> so, uh, but just understanding that even with you know with taking the standard deduction, it's not an insult per se. It's just that the deductions that you had did not um, did not equal or were not greater than their standard deduction. So in some you know some cases it's going to be a bonus, and then in some cases because the personal exemptions were taken away, it's going to be a negative. But it can also be made up in other areas. So like in the child tax credit area. So um, there are some places where it balances out, some places it doesn't. There is a lot of conversation, uh, not just on the media, but we see it with our clients and friends from our clients and centers of influence, which is as a business owner, should I pay way more attention and hire somebody this year because there's extra benefits or extra items to take care of in this particular year? Yes. 2018 is the year to not go on your own. (laughs) (laughs) As a business owner, you really want to hire your finance team. I've always said that. But 2018 is definitely not the year to go it on your own because there are different things that you need to know about your business and you really need to understand where the numbers go and why. Um, One of the, the, I guess, the shortcomings of the small business owner is that we feel like we have to be everything and we have to know everything. This is the year to not know everything. This is the year to hire that professional that has actually studied it and knows what's going on. Sorry. <laughs> that happens in podcasts. <laughs> Live podcasts in a room, we get interrupted. <laughs> um, okay, so so that being clear for business owners, and uh, we're definitely not, at least in Lexington, well, we're not tax experts, that we rely on people like, and let me pitch your business for a second, which is the home, uh, homebiztaxlady.com, and I love that. If you go to that website, please do so. You'll find out so much more resources than just tax advice. Uh, but how about individuals? Um, I am an individual myself. Mm-hmm. I have to definitely pay attention this year Uh, a lot of things went away that were uh, beneficial for me Uh, a lot of things are new and maybe it's a good opportunity to rethink of how i file Uh, for example uh, start paying my debt because there might not be benefit on that Um, start buying a house does that change buying a second home is that a new advantage of having a rental property in a second home? Okay, so actually having a rental property, you get way more advantages having a rental property than to have your personal residence because with the rental property, you get to deduct all of your property taxes. There is no no $10,000 limit. There is no limit on mortgage interest. So all of those things that go into having a rental property you get to deduct all of that where there's limitations on the personal side. Okay. So yes, I would highly recommend if you can invest in real estate at this time to most certainly do that, to be able to take advantage of those types of tax deductions that you really would not get on, you know, on your personal residence. Is there any place that people can go to find some of these resources instead of just hiring somebody if they want to actually adventure on their own or you're totally recommending to, to find an accountant? I am so recommending hiring a professional because the the tax change itself, there is so much information in there and it can get quite convoluted. You really need to consult with someone that can, can, you know, can really break it down so you can understand the things that are imp- that are important to you because yeah. there's lots and lots of tax changes but you don't you really don't care about everything in there you want to know about the things that are important to you and so that's why I highly recommend you getting with a tax professional especially if you are you should build a relationship with your tax professional and accounting professionals because these are the people that are going to help you manage your money and reduce your tax liability 
Um, I, I, we have in front of us like the whole, I guess, the, the 1099, 1040 uh, from 2017 with some red flag changes that might come up uh, in 2018 in the actual form. Is there one or a couple in particular that you would like to mention that are they will be probably popular in 2018? Well, the, the thing about it is that the whole form is probably going to change. So... <laughs> <laughs> That but, is true. But one of the things that happened recently, though, with the second kind of government shutdown is a few of the tax deductions that were taken away starting in uh, January 2017 are now back on the table, like the tuition and fees deduction, um, like the 1099C that's related to real estate, you know, with the... When there was a real estate crash, then uh, Congress in, in, uh, put forth the act that any income that's related to a short sale of a home was not included in your income. You would not have to pay taxes on that. Well, that originally went away at the beginning of 2017. And then with this most recent shutdown here, you know, a couple days ago, they put that back on the table. So now that benefit is back for homeowners that have to short sale their property, that that in, that income will not be counted, you know, towards your personal income. Um, do you mind if we discuss a little bit about investment income? What okay. is called? I, I know there has been some changes, but not as drastic as everybody thought at the beginning. So I don't know if you want to talk a little about how investment income gets treated in 2018. Okay, so. And this is uh, actually like in the retirement investment uh, portfolios income, not necessarily a property. Right. Okay. So. With um, with your your investment income, you know we're talking about retirement accounts and everything. One of the things that um, that you really need to look at is, you know, how you're going to shift your income. And and let me explain what I mean. So one of the things about retirement accounts that that made them so popular to begin with, you know, way back in the gosh, I want to say it was the late 70s, okay, where the top income tax rate was, it, it was like 50, 60, 70%. It was really, really high. So people put their money into retirement accounts in order for it to be at a lower tax rate later. Um, and then that kind of started to shift a little bit because, you know, tax rates were going down and then they started going back up again. But now with this... Um, with these tax cuts that people have more disposable income. So now is the time to really be looking at investments and taking that additional income and beefing up those investments so that you can start to grow your nest egg so that you can have a cheaper uh, capital gains rate instead of paying income tax on, you know, on all of that additional income. So start to shift that to your retirement account so that you can defer that to a later date and you have the extra income to do it. Yeah, I guess that's a great reminder, and I, I'll probably step on a conversation that we tend not to, but we are definitely living in a low tax environment in, in the big scheme of things, and it just got a little lower. So so this is a good time to start thinking about the future and reshifting assets around if, that's, uh, if you're thinking of that at some point in your life. Yeah, absolutely, because the thing about it is that this current act it expires December 31st, 2025, unless Congress decides to do something else. All of these things that are in place starting 2018 are going to stop December 31st, 2025, and we're going to go back to like nothing ever happened. So take advantage of this time, take advantage of these tax cuts, and then, you know, to grow your wealth in this time. And then whatever happens in eight years, we don't know. Yeah. But now you can at least take the time that you have to prepare. Awesome. Um, I, 
can we talk about a little bit about how trusts and state gets managed? Especially, let's talk about state planning because that's something that we see in our business and there were some changes. Okay. Now, I will tell you this I am not an estate expert. Um, I do know that the exemption has increased on the federal level up to $11 million, yeah. which, is, which is great to me. Um, but again, it's, it's also the planning process of how you structure your trust, how you structure your estates. And this is why you have tax professionals that do it. I know people that will go and try to find something on LegalZoom to get this done. LegalZoom lets you do what you want and doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the right thing. So that's why I always... You know, I go and I go seek out professionals in the trust arena to make sure that, you know, things are structured properly so that you can reduce taxes, that you can pass things on Mm -hmm. to your children with as, you know, as less of a tax liability as possible. Okay, so let's talk about healthcare. So how does health or filing or just even thinking about health when it comes to taxes change? Okay, so the penalty for not having healthcare goes away um, at the beginning of 2019. Okay, so where you received a penalty, if you did not have, you know, the minimal essential coverage for health care, that completely goes away. Uh, that's the, the tax penalty is going away. However, I will also remind people that that doesn't mean that you don't get health care because you need to make sure that you care for yourself and care for your families. But the penalty for not having that coverage is going away. Yeah, this is commonly known as the mandate. Uh, mandate so, yes. so that goes away. That's very formal of you to say. <laughs> we know it as the mandate. Um, is there anything else you would like to point out? Be, be, I don't want to get into so much detail. At the end of the day, this is a high-level conversation. But if, if there is anything else, uh, please feel free to do so. Um, the only other thing I will touch on is the child tax credit, um, yeah. which that has been increased. And it's also available for more people. So they increased the income amount that's actually available to receive the child tax credit. So it's been increased to $2,000 and the first $1,400 is refundable. So if you have no tax liability, then you have access to that first $1,400. Mm-hmm. And then if you know, you're know depending on your tax liability, you can get access to the full $2,000 to help bring down, um, you know, the manage the cost of childcare because it's still a, a big expense for working families. So having that child tax credit absolutely helps out. Awesome. This has been awesome. Uh, so thank you for your time. I know uh, everybody that came to the Empower Women series today was very thankful and they all had so many questions after and they wanted to keep you probably for another two hours, but we were limited. <laughs> um, but what I will do is uh, and remind everybody is that we are not tax experts. Reach out to a tax expert that can help you with this. It's a good year to start rethinking of how you file, where your assets are, and they're growing because most of the assets are growing. Where are they growing at? You'll pay taxes on no matter when or what it is eventually so it's a good time to think of location of your assets um, please please reach out to Lysandra she is at homebiztaxlady.com she's on Facebook Instagram Twitter we'll put her information in this podcast so thank you for your time today thank you for having me thank you.